You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey, calm girls, welcome to the first episode of the Queen of Calm podcast. I wanted to start out by introducing myself. So my name is Paisley Haddad and I'm a senior at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, and I'm currently studying PR and journalism. So some of the things that I'm involved in on campus Um, I'm the firm director of North Road Communications, which is our student-run IMC, which stands for Integrated Marketing Communications uh, Firm, and we serve 11 nonprofit clients throughout the Hudson Valley in New York and beyond. Um, We have a few out-of-state, and we also have 48 members that act as interns for us, and they gain real experience with these clients by creating media kits, videos, websites, social media, and more. And they really get that experience and have those client deliverables to show in an interview. I'm also the marketing director for our school's newspaper, The Marist Circle, where I keep track of ad sales. I organize our distribution on campus, which is something we've been so grateful to be able to do this semester with everything going on. Um, I help create the newsletter with our editor-in-chief. Um, I've created a media kit for the paper this semester. And I plan virtual events, which I wish were in person, but we hopefully, you know, another time. Um, I also work study in my school's marketing and comm office, and I am the PR chair of our school's Lambda Pi Eta Com Honor Society. And of course, I'm a member of Marist PRSSA. Um, so those are my comm experiences. Um, I just want to share those with you. Um, and also just a little story about how I got involved in the comm major and why I wanted to be a comm major. Um, when I was a junior in high school, I actually won a competition from Fox, um, the TV station, to go to Los Angeles and see the finale of So You Think You Can Dance. And when I got there, I was met by a woman who was involved in the PR aspect of things. And she showed me the press room and she showed me how everything worked. And from there, I was just hooked on being an entertainment publicist. So from there, I was dead set on being a publicist in the future. And so that's where I've kind of set my goals. Um, And later on, which I'll talk about in another show, and even during our show today about internships, I'll talk about how I interned at Fox Entertainment actually when I was a junior in college. So that's another thing we'll talk about. Um, But apart from the comm side of things, just a little bit more about me. I'm a big fan of Duncan because I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I'm a dancer. I dance in my college's dance ensemble. I'm a big Broadway fan. I can't wait for the Ratatouille, the musical, which is coming out soon. I think by the time this episode will be out, it'll be already be out. Um, I love TV. My Favorite TV shows of all time are Gossip Girl, One Tree Hill, and Gilmore Girls, all those good CW slash WB shows. Um, and I'm just really interested in fashion. I love following designers and Fashion Week and all that stuff. Um, and I'm really excited for this journey with everybody. Um, it's so exciting. exciting. Uh, so far, I've gotten some great reception about this, and I hope to share this podcast with a lot of other young women who are looking to break into the industry and get that real insight. Um, I've been planning episodes for the upcoming weeks, and I think everyone will really enjoy our guests and everyone that we have planned. Um, so you can follow along. You can follow my personal account at Paisley Haddad, and you can follow the podcast's journey at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram. Um, and we're also, right now, we're only on Spotify, but I'm working on the other platforms. Um, so stay tuned for this episode. It's going to be really great. Um, so we... Today's topic is internships, and so I know this is on the forefront of everybody's minds with spring start dates approaching, and I know a lot of companies just opened their summer internship applications, so we'll be talking tips and tricks for your resume, how to individualize your cover letter to each company that you're applying to, and how to ace the interview, but something that a lot of people don't talk about is what happens after you snag the internship. What do you do on the first day? What do you bring in your bag? you know, what do you say to your supervisor, all that. So we'll also be covering that. And also we'll be talking about some other topics related to internships. Um, I'll be joined by a special guest. So stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Um, I'll now be joined by my first ever guest in the podcast. Um, she's a senior at Marist College studying fashion, merch, and communications. And over her time so far in college, she has secured five internships. Yes, you heard me right. Five internships. Um, and she is here today to talk about her experiences and what tips she has for you to get one of your own. So Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Paisley. It's so funny because I think we've known each other since freshman year. We both joined um, dance ensembles and we've had a ton of classes together too. I think we've 
had probably one together like every semester. So it's such a full circle moment to, you know, be here as we're both graduating in May and yeah, super excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, it's so it's so funny because uh, Eric and I just completed a um, group project together too, where we came in first place. But we'll talk about that in another <laughs> at another time. But um, so I just want you to start out by just talking about some of your internship experiences and where you worked and kind of what your day to day was like at some of those um, positions. Yeah. So as Paisley mentioned, I'm Erica. I'm a senior at Marist studying uh, fashion merchandising with a concentration in promotion and a minor in PR. Um, again, as kind of a bit of an overview, my four years at Marist, I've had five internships in a variety of industries within the fashion and media world, but I've definitely had a non-traditional start to a career in communications for sure. Uh, the summer before coming to Marist, I was a production management intern at a showroom called American Attitudes. Um, and they worked with retailers like TJ Maxx, Forever 21, Delia's, when that was around back then. Yeah, gotta love Delia's. <laughs> gotta love Delia's. And I really worked in the uh, production side of things and also the product development side. So making sure that all of the uh, things as small as buttons and thread count and materials were all approved, ready to go, sent out to the manufacturer and uh, sent in on time uh, for those delivery dates to those retailers. So that's what really got my foot in the door in the fashion industry. And then the summer after that, I worked at Nanette Lepore as a sales intern. And I'd like to think that that role really trajected my career to a more communications uh, based career because uh, that, that summer I had the responsibility and I was given the project to create an entire new client list of stores across the United States to sell the Nanette Lepore line at their storefronts. So I loved the communication aspect and kind of interacting with these shop owners. A lot of them were just small boutiques, but we ended up finding clients in all 50 states, which was amazing. And I really loved again, like I said, like interacting with those clients, I didn't really love so much the grit and the numbers aspect of sales. But after that, I really, that's when I declared my concentration in promotion and my minor in PR. And that's when I really started to move more so into public relations. So my first, that was my first year I was in fashion show production class as a coordinator on the communications team. And again, this semester, this upcoming semester, I'm going to be the communications director. So again, another full circle moment. And I did fashion PR for Tom Brown, which is a lot different than public relations in general. It's a lot of sample trafficking, making sure that samples arrive on time for magazine shoots, um, a lot of VIP clients that we had. We were dressing at the time. Cardi B, um, a lot of rappers, and it was also um, during the time of their men's couture show. So I got to work a lot with, um, you know, building a seating chart and making sure that the organization of that event that was happening in Paris. So I was in New York prepping for an event that was happening in Paris, um, and then. A year after being in fashion show production as an assistant to the communications director, obviously COVID hit and that completely changed my summer plans to intern again in New York City. But I think that it was such a crucial time for my career because I started to freelance write. And it's funny because I started writing because I wanted to understand the other side of the conversation when I was pitching those magazines for coverage on a you know, PR publicity standpoint. And I realized that I really love to write and that's what I was really passionate for. So my first two pieces were to promote the Maris Fashion Silver Needle Runway, one that was published for Alice Magazine, which is based in New York City, and one that was the Florentine that's based in Florence, Italy. Um, and then over the summer, I was I was writing a lot. I was doing a lot of freelance work. I started interning for a podcast out in Los Angeles. And I was also helping to launch Maris Fashion's first career um, platform and sort of 
event series. It was called the summit. And I knew I was in August, I knew I really wanted to get experience at a digital magazine um, or online media outlet. So this last semester, I had the opportunity to intern at Tiger Beat and I was an editorial intern and my responsibilities there were to pitch research and write talent focused stories for their digital publication. I had a really incredible first experience working online media. I think that Tiger Beat, because it's such a small team, you get a lot of hands-on experience. I don't think is as common if you're interning for the Condé Nasts and the Hearsts of the world. But I really loved it because I got to learn a, a lot of different things and got to do a lot of different things from creative direction and uh, Tiger Beats for styling Instagram series, interviewing Nickelodeon and Netflix casts and Charlie D'Amelio, which was a huge, like, what is my life kind of moment, which happened a lot during that internship. I got to meet the cast of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is like one of my favorite shows and Jojo Siwa. So as someone who's always been obsessed with pop culture and celebrities, I never realized that I could really have a career writing about celebrities and entertainment, as well as style and beauty, which is my first love. So I know I just threw a lot at you, but I feel like my graduate career is is very different than what I anticipated, to say the least. But that's, you know, one thing that I've learned is to kind of, you know, never say no to an opportunity that comes your way because you never know that it might introduce you to something that you really love. Yeah, and all that experience really ties into the next topic I want to talk about, which is sort of pairing majors with different minors and how that works. But before we do that, let's just backtrack to the Charlie D'Amelio what was that like to interview her? So it was actually an email interview. I didn't actually get to meet Charlie, but I got to, you know, communicate back and forth with her, which I thought was really cool. But um, she's obviously very busy and is being you know, covered all over the place. But we really got to talk about her book. And I really, I've always loved Charlie um, as a Connecticut native myself. I always thought it was so funny that, oh my God, this girl from Norwalk is like, on this app TikTok, like what is happening? So it was really awesome to talk about, you know, her upbringing. I grew up as a competitive dancer. She was a competitive dancer. So I, again, really was honored that I was given the opportunity to chat with her and to talk about all those things. And we talked mostly about her book, which is called Essentially Charlie, which talks a lot about her upbringing, how she handles online fame. But I think that the most interesting thing that I got from her when we were talking was how she really hopes to inspire the next generation of content creators, which is really what the article kind of centered around. Um, you know, being 16 years old and having, you know, 100 million followers is not normal. And I think that, you know, she really talks about how to handle the, the, the pressures of it all, but also to remain authentic to yourself. And to that's something that, you know, she's so unique. She's, you know, it's not every day that somebody's given that, that following and that platform. So I think that she has a really unique perspective. And I think that the world of content creation is changing because of Charlie D'Amelio. So that was an insane opportunity to have. Oh yeah. And she is such a great role model. And like you mentioned about the competitive dance, I was a competitive dancer myself and I feel like she represent, represents us really well and really gets, you know, the dancer aspect out there as well as her messages. She's always, you know, advocating for something on top of doing like fun videos. So I feel like she's a great role model for young girls too. Um, so moving on to the topic about the major. Um, so uh, how did you, like you mentioned, you touched on it a bit about how you found that you like writing and you wanted to pair it with fashion. Um, but what advice would you give to somebody who has like a unique sort of, um, you know, interest, but they don't know what to, what to major in in college? I think my perspective, it's really unique because I always knew that I was passionate about fashion. I always loved fashion growing up. I was one of those people who would always sketch and design, you know, photos. I would also do, and I don't know if anyone remembers this, I would go on like barbie.com and print out the fashion magazine covers and then write like little stories to go along with it. So I always knew that I was passionate about it from like a very young age. And then it was funny because my cousin attended Marist and graduated from Marist um, and her roommate actually 
was a fashion merchandising major. So it was funny because I didn't know that there was really a career in fashion other than design. So it was funny how I, whenever I would visit my cousin, I would always talk to her roommate and she would show me her merchandising projects and her, um, tell me about her internship that like she interned at Juicy Couture and like Chanel. It was like, iconic, iconic. Iconic. <laughs> um, and I really became obsessed with the idea of like pursuing a career in fashion merchandising. I think I was like 10 years old at the time. So I feel like my store, like I always knew what I wanted to do. I always knew that like fashion was a part of it. But I think that what's so interesting about a degree in communications is that you can take it in so many different directions because obviously, you know, my desire to work in fashion and the promotions out of it brought me to communications. But I think that I've, you know, kind of learned that, especially in media, you can write about or pitch or talk about, you know, fitness and wellness, beauty, fashion, entertainment, really anything. So communications is cool because you can like tie your interests into your career, which I think is awesome because as someone who, you know, I, I love, you know, fashion, but I also love talking about celebrities and I love entertainment. You know, I can really take that with me through my career. And it's kind of interesting how you can pair your, your personality and, you know, your personal interests with your career. Yeah. And that sort of ties into the next thing that I was going to talk about with you, which is the cover letter. And mm. so for some of our just starting out com girls, you know, freshman, sophomore, they don't really have that experience yet of writing a cover letter. And from my own experience, um, I really want to be an entertainment PR when I graduate. So I always talk about in my cover letter, you know, I'm not an actor and I'm, you know, I'm an actress or, you know, a singer or something. But the way you get, just like how you mentioned with fashion, the way you get into the industry is from these different avenues, such as, you know, PR, journalism, those different things. So what do you do on your cover letters that make you stand out? Because I feel like you always have to have some sort of like personal reflection in your cover letter that makes you stand out to the company as well as, you know, the technical aspects, you know, sort of matching to the job description. But what is that personal touch you put into your cover letters? I think the most important thing that I've learned over the years in writing my cover letter, my resume, you know, everything is having an authentic voice that's that's mine. Of course, you know, you want to keep in mind the publication or the agency that you're applying to and to kind of, you know, match their tone a little bit. But I found that the jobs where I really was able to write a cover letter that was authentic to my voice, you know, was showed passion and genuine interest in the company at hand, which is so important to really tailor and personalize your cover letter to obviously the place that you're, you aspire to work or intern for. And again, you know, really pulling in words that, and, and, and the language that they use. But I think that, you know, above all, it's showing off authenticity. And I think that that's not something that can be taught necessarily, but I think that there's so many resources online that kind of give you these, you know, templates of cover letters. And, you know, as somebody who's, you know, hiring you, they probably get the exact same cover letter, just basically copy and pasted and people just putting in their information. But I think when you can like really take control of the narrative and really make it super personal, that's when you're going to get a better response. In my experience, that's what I found. Yeah. And I think that's so valuable to put the personal aspect in there because I feel like, you know, when we had those speakers come into classes or at clubs that said like, you know, this is how you're supposed to set up your resume and your cover letter. I feel like, you know, nobody ever has the right answer because it's always going to be such a personal thing about how you, you know, put your cover letter. So, you know, one way someone does it doesn't necessarily work for the next person. So I feel like everyone has to find that, you know, yeah. personal twist to put on it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's how you stand out. You know, if you have all these cover letters that are formulated the exact same way, have the exact same, you know, sentence, like beginning sentence, like I always like to think of it like I'm pitching someone. And that I always, some, something that I always kind of think about is how when you are going out into the job market, you need to think of yourself as a personal brand. You need to sell yourself like you're selling a product, like you're pitching someone about a story. And with that, you know, you need to have that attention getter. You know, what is going to, as someone who, 
you know, wants to, if say, if you're like reading an article, simplest example, what's going to get you to keep reading. And that's how I also think about my cover letter is why would I want to read this? If I'm on the other side and I'm looking to hire someone, what would I want to see? What would, I, what would make, you know, this person continue to read? So I think that's another thing. And I think it's helpful as, you know, having that journalism experience to kind of also tie that into my cover letter. Yes. And going off of the like sort of individuality aspect, um, you know, there's a lot of recruiters that have been like, you know, guest speakers and they talk about, you know, if I see this font throwing it in the basket, if I see, you know, colors or I see a photo, um, do you sort of go towards the more fun angle with your resume and cover letter where you have like color and like different fonts or do you stay more traditional with the black and white and sort of formatted? That's a good question. I have two resumes and two cover letters that are one that's more, you know, my brand that matches my website aesthetic, um, my personal aesthetic, and then one that's more traditional and black and white. I think that it's really important that you match kind of, you, you, you can tell if you're, you know, applying for the Deloitte's of the world versus a more, you know, trendy up and coming, you know, PR agency, um, speaking on PR in that example, but, you know, you would want something that's more tailored and, you know, much more traditional professional for something like that. And then for something that's more trendy, you would probably, you know, want to incorporate some color. So I think it definitely depends on who you're applying to and somebody that I love to follow on Instagram. And I actually got to interview over the summer is Carla Isabel Carstens. She's the founder of free fashion internships. She's amazing, but she always gives the same example. You know, if you're applying to YSL, are you going to give them a pink resume with like kind of a girly aesthetic? She's like, no. She's like, but if you're applying for a Lily Blitzer, then yeah, that makes sense. So again, it's, it's tailoring it to the brand company agency, whatever it is that you're applying to. And uh, going off of that as well, what, what is your opinion on Canva? Because I know a lot of people say, you know, they have so many templates, but I feel like, you know, at some point the templates are going to run out and everyone's going to have the same thing. And I was a big sort of like opposing Canva in the beginning. I was like, I'm not going to use that, but I've started to use like the, you know, blank and make my own from there. It's kind of has easy tools. So what's your opinion on using that for your resume and cover letter? I love Canva because it's super user-friendly and it's really easy for me to go back and to, you know, add new bullet points and to edit. I used to do all of mine on InDesign. Similarly, for that reason, I didn't want my template to like look like everyone else's, but I, I kind of, again, like take it from like a blank um, page and I matched it exactly to how my website is kind of structured, which I think is such an important thing that, you know, your cover letter, your resume should always kind of have that same look when it's, you know, the more colorful creative side. And I think that, you know, it just shows consistency. It shows, you know, that you are again, that, that personal brand. So I would definitely recommend also that, you know, you kind of match it there's some consistency throughout all three, but I think that Canva is a great starting point, but I would definitely challenge people to get a little more creative in how they structure their, you know, headlines and the boxes and the colors and things like that. I'm so glad you mentioned website because that's another thing I want to talk about. Um, so I think it's so important that as soon as you, you know, gain some sort of experience, you know, whether it's, you know, I wrote this small, you know, email pitch for something or, you know, I get published in the school newspaper or something like that. I think it's super important to just keep on top of that website. And I can't remember who said it. I think it was during like a seminar I went to, but they were saying that one of the biggest things that people notice when you say like, oh, I have a website on an interview is that they want to see that it's up to date. And mm -hmm. so I feel like you saying matching it to your resume and keeping that consistent colors. And I think the uploading part is really super important. Um, do you have any tips about, you know, how to maintain your website, how to create it? What website do you use? So I've had, I used to use wordpress.org for a long time. I remember my sophomore year, 
I had a website designer kind of like help me, um, you know, with like the coding aspect of it. And I invested a lot of time and, and money and resources into it. But at the end of the day, it was really hard for me to update. I'm not, you know, a coding guru. I, that's not my thing at all. So I found it was really difficult for me to update it. I switched to Skillshare and it is, uh, not Skillshare, oh my gosh, Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace is my favorite thing like ever probably because it's just the easiest website to update. It makes everything just so easy. I am able to pick out of so many different templates and again, you know, make it personalized. There's so many different font options and it's really easy for portfolio building, which was something that I felt was lacking when I was using um, WordPress. So that would definitely be my recommendation. It's pretty inexpensive if you just pay for it without owning a domain. I have a .com attached to my website. So that's like an added price. But I would definitely say, you know, get a Wix, get a... Um, Squarespace and really have all of your stuff up to date. I know whenever I write a new article, I make sure that it's up and it's published on my website. Also, another great thing about Squarespace is that it helps with SEO. It makes SEO so easy and I'm able to tag things properly and to make sure that I have, you know, clean you know, URLs at the end. So it's not all this like random letters and numbers and whatnot. So I think that it, it's super user-friendly and I'd recommend that for anyone to really have a professional website. Yes. And I think that factor of, you know, making it easy for the person you're applying to, to see it, like um, in my resume, I had it, have it as a PDF. So there's a button where you can click and go straight to it. And also mm -hmm. with the SEO aspect, you know, if someone was searching like a recruiter and they typed in, you know, passionate public relations student, they should be able to just click on it and find what they need. So I think that's another important aspect of it as well. Um, so kind of moving into the interview aspect of things. So the adrenaline's pumping and you've done your research on the company and you're ready for the interview, but how do you prepare yourself for an interview? Because I feel like a lot of people do things differently. I take a lot of notes and kind of the best, kind of the best part of this virtual thing is that you could have little notes around. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you prepare yourself for those job interviews? I like to look at it as if I'm going in to interview that person. And I like to do research on everything that the person that is interviewing me, you know, like, where have they studied? Where are they from? You know, this is the time to stalk them kind of, you know, go on their LinkedIn, see if you have any commonalities between the two. Did you study the same thing? Are you from the same town? I remember I was on an interview and I didn't do all of my research. I was like a freshman, I think. And my, the person I was interviewing with was like, oh my God, you went to such and such high school. I graduated from there. And she kind of like saw that like off of you know, obviously my resume, but you know, that was kind of a thing that bonded us because we were from the same hometown and definitely would have been helpful if I knew that prior to going to the interview. But that's why I always try to, you know, do a background on the person that I'm interviewing. So I can off the bat, you know, create that connection. I think that another thing is to obviously research the company, you know, go to Google News, turn on your Google alerts and see how many times or when or how uh, the company is coming up in the news. Always staying up to date on that because if you're able to kind of tie in that and talk about the company and what they're doing and any new initiatives that they've started, that's always, that always looks good. And I think another thing is just to remember that you're talking to a person and it can be really scary. I know that I've had some not great interviews when I've just let my, you know, nerves get the best of me. But I think that when I really, when it boils down to, it's a conversation with another person. And 
that's, you know, just one, one way to kind of get over it. I think another thing is to take your time when someone answered, when someone asks the question, take your time to think about it. Not too long, obviously, but, you know, give that second because sometimes jumping on to the question automatically, you know, you might not have the most clear and concise answer. And the last thing I would say is come with questions. The interviewer is always going to ask you, do you have any questions for me? And if you Google search it or go any on, you know, career website, they're going to give you, you know, some sample questions. What's the company culture like? What's a day in the life of, you know, what you do? And I think that those are all great questions as starting points. But I also think that you need to come up with more personalized questions. Again, that all ties back into researching the company and researching the person. So you can really, you know, ask more personalized questions, I think. And also just things that you're genuinely curious about are also, you know, all good things. Yes. And I'm so glad that you mentioned questions because I feel like for me, that was the most, you know, nerve wracking part. You know, am I going to ask the right thing? Are they going to be impressed by what I'm asking? Um, I recently went through an interview process and I asked them, you know, what's one goal that you hope for an intern to accomplish at your company? And I feel like that kind of was on the same wavelength as sort of like the basic questions, but it also like was a little bit different. So I feel just like how you said to kind of change it up a little bit and ask them something that makes them think because, you know, mm -hmm. then they'll be thinking, you know, she really did her research and she really, you know, put herself out there and got things you know, together. Um, so another thing about interviews I want to talk about too is, you know, they always ask the question, tell us, you know, about yourself beside your resume. And that's kind of hard to do in words, you know, if you're not saying, you know, I did this internship or I'm in this club. Um, so how do you sort of differentiate yourself from your resume, like in terms of like presenting yourself during an interview? That's another really great question. I think that, you know, mastering your personal pitch is something that everyone, you know, needs to do. And it's definitely an ongoing process. And I remember in my fashion employment seminar, which is required for all like fashion students, but our professor, you know, again, really took this question about, you know, what's beyond your resume. I like to talk about things that are like my skills. Like I'm a really great communicator. I'm a people person. I have a passion for such and such and such and such, like really getting them to know you better. Uh, talk about, you know, how you're a leader. Like if you say, I'm, you know, a natural born leader, you know, give like a short, but like quick example of how, you know, you take, you took on a leadership position. And I think that, you know, a resume, obviously, you think that you have everything on your resume, like, what do you mean? But I think that talking about your passions, your, you know, soft skills, your interpersonal skills, those are all things that, you know, I think are attractive to the person that you're, um, that person that's interviewing you, because again, it, it creates that, you know, human connection. But I think that there's so many directions that you can take a personal pitch, but I think that, you know, really honing in on, you know, selling yourself, you know, selling yourself as if you're a brand. Yeah, the elevator pitch is so important. I remember when um, I was a freshman and I was like hearing that word elevator pitch. I'm like, what does that mean? But it's so valuable. Um, During my junior year for our listeners, um, I did the Marist Manhattan program, which is sort of like our school semester where you get to live in New York City and do an internship. So I interned at Fox Entertainment. And over the course of my time there, we had uh, like intern sort of like meetings where we did like an activity. Um, and we actually used Zoom for the people whose day it was off. So, you know, that was a little precursor to what was coming soon. <laughs> um, but besides that, we did one, like an elevator pitch and they had like different leaders from different departments sit there and you sort of like did like a speed dating. I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but after you sort of get going and you get that, you know, confidence to talk about yourself, I feel like it went, you know, very well. And then you get to, you know, get that experience. So if you can ever have a conversation with somebody who's in your industry or somebody who's not like even your mom or your dad and like mm -hmm. practice your elevator pitch, that's very, you know, beneficial. Yeah. Um, Confidence and practice. Yeah. Two most important things you'll ever need. And I, and I think as women, that's another thing we need to work on is like being proud of our accomplishments. Like we've done these great things. Like you should be so proud to, you know, share them with, you know, everybody and shout out to the rooftops about what you've done, especially with everything going on, 
you know, getting things done is, you know, a big accomplishment because a lot of people have been, you know, sort of struggling with everything going on. So absolutely. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is what a lot of people don't talk about, which is, you know, what happens after you get the internship and what your first day is like, because I feel like, you know, when people come in to speak, they say, you know, oh, you know, I applied through this or, you know, I did this through the interview and you never really get to hear about their first day. Um, I remember when I started at Fox, I was so nervous because I had never gotten that perspective of, you know, what should I say when I go in there? What should I bring in my bag? Um, mm -hmm. You know, how is that going to go? So can you just share some of your first day experiences and sort of what went through your mind and how you, you know, presented yourself? Yeah, so one first day story that I think I'll always remember is my first day at Tom Brown. Um, for those who may not know, he is a women's and men's uh, designer, luxury brand. And, you know, it's funny because everybody at Tom Brown wears a uniform. They like all wear the exact same thing. And it's all Tom, Tom Brown like labels. And it's very minimalist, very sleek. So walking into that office, also the office is, it's absolutely gorgeous, but it's all like marble and like white and minimalist. Walking in, it's, it's very intimidating. And I think on top of that, I was so nervous because this was my first professional PR experience. And I think that I, you know, would be remiss to say that like, I wasn't totally freaking out. So I remember I was like, I'm gonna wear my most like, you know, sleek outfit. I'm, I'm gonna look very like minimal and very, you know, like luxury looking. I was wearing like full on Zara outfit, but they don't need to know that. And I think that, you know, this is actually a funny story. I remember like walking into Tom Brown and I was getting an entire office tour. And of course, you know, I have been like stalking like Tom Brown's Instagrams and he has this dog, Hector, who is this like adorable, like little puppy. I don't even, it's like a, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on the like breed of the dog, but he has like 10K followers. So I kept saying to my mom, like, I hope I like get to like meet Hector. Like how funny would that be? I literally went upstairs on the design floor and there was Hector like running around with a chew toy and with all these people like working like all at their desks and like like no one's like batting an eyelash and Tom's like chasing after his dog like literally going crazy and then he was like oh hi like I'm Tom Brown I'm like I know <laughs> like I'm Eric I'm an intern and I think that you know it, it was something like that just to show that like again like these people are you know, human. And it's, it's very much, obviously it's intimidating. It's an intimidating space to be in. And I'm sure, you know, being a, you know, Fox is like the same because it's such a huge, you know, name, but I honestly think that the first day is always going to be kind of intimidating, but I think to always go in as calm as possible, be yourself and, you know, don't be afraid to like introduce yourself and, you know, to talk to people and get to know people. Cause I got to know everybody in the communications team. I think there was like 12 of them and they all, you know, were, you know, so nice to me and really, you know, I was so appreciative that they were able to, you know, kind of give me a little bit more insight into what they did, what their jobs were. So yeah, I don't know if that totally answered the question, but I just needed to share that story. No, it didn't. That was a great story. Charlie D'Amelio, who we only know Hector. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a dog influencer. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's like such a weird feeling when you first, you know, walk into somewhere new because like, you know, I feel like over the years at school, like, you know, we were a freshman once, but you know, like, you know, with you with the fashion show and, you know, all these different clubs and everything that we're in, we, you know, we've kind of, you know, set our turf now but you know going into these new places and especially you know as we go on to get jobs we're going to have that feeling of being a newbie again which I think is a universal feeling that everyone knows yeah um and my next question is so what do you bring to an internship like in your bag like what what would you say like oh I gotta have this like in my work bag it's so funny because I feel like I haven't thought about this question in such a long time obviously because everything's been remote but I always carry around my own laptop at least I did for a little while but almost all the internships that I've had they've given me a laptop so 
Um, I don't really need it, but I do use it on the train. Again, like I said, like I'm from Connecticut and when I used to commute into the city, it was a two and a half hour commute, uh, depending on where I was in the city. One um, internship, I was in Brooklyn and it was basically a three hour commute. So I had <laughs> time on my hands. So I would always bring my laptop, um, you know, just to do whatever, watch Netflix, like whatever it may be. I always bring a phone charger and a portable charger. I always bring a reusable water bottle, um, obviously a wallet. Um, I bring a lint roller. Always have a, I have like a little like portable, like baby one. Always bring that with me just because I like, just can't have lint on my like black clothes. It's like my biggest pet peeve. I always bring a book. Um, sometimes again, like if I don't bring my laptop on the train, I always like to read AirPods fully charged so I can listen to podcasts and music. And I think that's it. Oh, a lot of pens because I'm very picky about my pens, which may sound weird, but I have like my favorite pens that I always bring sometimes a planner, but my planner is really bulky and I use Google calendar a lot when I'm on the go. So I think that's about it. Yeah, awesome. I think that's some great insight into what you should bring because I feel like that's something that's universal as well for a lot of girls, you know, what are they going to bring to the internship? And mm-hmm. like you mentioned about the laptop, like some companies may give the laptop, but some don't. So that's really important too. Um, so the final part of this episode that I want to talk about is, so we've talked about sort of the competitive, you know, internship world that's out there with, you know, real companies and everything, but there's also these experiences that are right in our backyard. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have been involved in the Silver Needle Runway, which is Marist College's, you know, fashion show for all four years, and you're going to be the communications director for this upcoming show. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about getting that experience on campus and making it count? Absolutely. Um, so the Silver Needle Runway, again, like Paisley mentioned, is the annual fashion show. This year, it's going to be its 35th year, and it's completely student run. It's with a class of about 30 students. This year, seven student directors and uh, one faculty director who is the also the internship coordinator for the fashion program, Juan Manuel. And what I love so much about the, you know, being a part of fashion show production, which is the name of the course and Silver Needle Runway, is that, you know, it, it gives you hands-on practical experience that you don't always get to get in those internships because the unfortunate side about a lot of these internships is that you're doing the grunt work. You're not doing, you know, the glamorous work that you're talking about in your communications classes or your fashion classes. And, you know, obviously you need internships. I'm not saying, you know, internships are like not worth it, but, you know, sometimes it's going to be a lot of coffee runs. It's going to be, you know, a lot of, you know, shipping boxes out and, you know, picking stuff up with the UPS, running little things there and there. But, you know, when you're in you know, fashion to production, you're doing everything that you talk about in classes. You're, you know, writing and sending out the press releases. You're, you know, creating an entire marketing campaign plan from ideation to creation. You're interacting with VIP and industry professionals. You're working with press and you're helping to create an all around, you know, professional event and it's really helped me become a multifaceted communications professional because my first year I was a volunteer for the show. So I wasn't technically in the class, but I, you know, was there day of show. I was escorting guests to their seats. I was, you know, helping backstage a little bit. Um, my first year I was a digital media coordinator. So I was helping to create all of the digital images and the digital rendering that we use for promotional content. So I was on Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, you know, all of the, you know, design programs. And that I left that year with an entire, you know, digital media portfolio that I didn't think I was really ever going to get. And, you know, the next year I worked more in the, as an assistant, um, because you do move up in the class, you start as a coordinator most of the time. And then you start as an assistant. And then if you're, you know, accepted and you apply and interview obviously every year, but the final year you would be capping as director. But again, the second year I was doing more of 
the press side of things and the industry relations and helped uh, create the first Maris Fashion Podcast, which was amazing. Um, and then, you know, obviously this year I'm kind of tying everything together, but it's taught me to become, you know, a multifaceted, you know, professional. And I hope that this year when I have, you know, my new team that I can really explain to them that, you know, if you want to be in communications, you, you need to know more than just how to write a fantastic pitch or a fantastic press release. It's, you know, it's everything. And, you know, we also handle website marketing. We work with the um, Marist team there um, because we have a .edu at for our website. So, you know, you have to learn about, you know, copy editing and SEO and, you know, it's also a bonus to know how to create and edit videos because that's what's, you know, the most popular thing right now. Everybody's on TikTok and, you know, creating and telling a story through video is also so important. So I think it's a fantastic experience. I always bring it up in every single interview I have because I, you know, am creating and my classmates are creating, you know, professional standard work. Yes. And before I reply to that, all that, I, I uh, volunteered freshman year too. And I will say, I'm not a fashion major. I just think, you know, fashion is just fun to, you know, watch and keep track of. So, you know, if you have the interest, you don't necessarily have to add the major either. You can, you know, volunteer different things like that that you have going on at your school. And it, it, like you said, it's such a great experience. Like, even though I wasn't involved in the fashion part of it, you know, get seeing like all these seniors, you know, doing their designs and everything that was so super, you know, cool to see. Um, but I totally agree with everything you said. Um, for our listeners, um, I'm the firm director of North Road Communications on campus. I talked a little bit more about it in my introduction at the beginning of this episode. Um, but for those who don't know, it's a student-run IMC um, integrated marketing and communications firm. And like Erica said, like it's your chance to really, you know, make these things that you wouldn't get the chance to otherwise. And you can go into an interview with these de- client deliverables that like really, you know, help somebody and that you really made a difference. Um, we, we serve 11 nonprofit clients. And so we've been able to make videos for them and press releases and media kits, um, you know, plan events for them back, you know, when we could do things in person, we planned events and everything. So I feel like it's super valuable to get that experience and show these people. Cause I feel like a lot of companies who take interns, they really expect, you know, oh, like they learn this in class and like, you know, they could maybe write an email pitch maybe by the end of their internship or a press release. And coming in with that experience, I feel like you get to, you know, really show them like, oh, they can handle this and we can give them more responsibility. I feel, and I feel like a lot of internships also uh, operate on that sort of like reward system, which I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, if they really trust you, they can give you more and you can get more experience out of it. And also like doing the fashion show or being in North Road, that's really like an internship right on campus. Like you don't have to worry about traveling fees or anything. So like, that's such a great opportunity. So if you have something like that on your campus, definitely take advantage of it because it's just like, it's like free experience that you can just get there and also like, you know, make something out of it. Like Erica, you talked about the podcast that you guys created. Like that's something that wasn't necessarily like in your job description, but it's something that you turned into a big, you know, project that could be, you know, passed down from different, you know, classes to the next class. And it's something that will endure in the fashion department. Absolutely. And, you know, just to add like one more quick thing, I think that, you know, not only is it such a great, you know, portfolio builder, but also it's funny because I think that something that's similar between fashion show production and, you know, North Road is that, you know, the communications and fashion world is constantly changing. So we're constantly having to have, you know, our finger on the pulse for all of the trends, you know, podcasts being one of them. This year, we're hoping to launch a newsletter. You know, we're seeing that resurgence in email newsletters. And I know that you guys also have a newsletter, correct? Um, The Circle has a newsletter. Um, That's our newspaper on campus, but yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it, it really shows that, you know, when you have all these things on your portfolio, like, I don't know that many people who have podcast editing and, you know, uh, talent relations and, and talent booking, um, I think is the better word to use for it, you know, on your resume, but, or on, on, on your resume and on your portfolio. But those are two things that I've been able to really master and something that I can talk about as, podcasting, of course, continues to become such a a thriving industry. Yeah. And I feel like something else too, is that in our curriculum as like comm majors, we have that space. 
Mm, yes. We can pursue that really elevate our degree and our experience. So I feel like taking advantage of that is something that's, you know, a really big part of being a comm major. And a lot, you know, there's those memes that say like, oh, like, you know, comm majors don't do anything. But I feel like if you don't put in the work, that's when that sort of thing happens. But if you really want to elevate it to the next level and you add these sort of experiences and internships that will really bring you to the next level. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So my final question is, which is something I'm going to be asking all of my guests, who is your favorite girl boss? Okay, so I really thought about this question. <laughs> and I would have to say um, Sam Faher, who is, she's now the former um, assistant to the editor-in-chief and editorial assistant at Cosmopolitan, but she's also a content creator. She's a career coach and She's the founder and CEO of her very own clothing line, which is called The Brunch Club. And she also does some killer uh, Bachelor Bachelorette live reactions on her Instagram stories. So she literally is all of the goals. She, you know, was able to handle that, you know, dual position and do it with, you know, such ease for Cosmopolitan right out of college. Um, I think she was a journalism major at Elon University. Um, I've been following her for a long time on Instagram, but she has a career that I personally really admire because not only did she obviously land that job right after graduation, but she's living proof that your career does not have to be defined by one thing. She wasn't just an you know editorial assistant at Cosmopolitan, which is already a tremendous accomplishment in itself, but she was also able to pursue these passion projects and. I think that that's something that's so important to me as somebody who, you know, has so many different passions that, you know, even if it means that you're, you know, working late hours, you know, long after, you know, office hours or on weekends, you know, you're able to create something on your own behalf. And I really hope that I'm able to do something like that in my own career. So I definitely, you know, have a lot of respect and, you know, admire her as a, um, Calm boss girl, <laughs> girl boss, calm girl boss. There we go. <laughs> I love that. And I've never heard of her. So I'm glad that I'm going to go and follow her now on Instagram. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of listeners will too, after hearing about her. Um, and yeah, that's so cool that, you know, there's people out there that have these, you know, high positions and then they do something on the side that differentiates themselves. Absolutely. Well, Erica, thank you so much for joining me on my first episode. It's so exciting to have you and I'll see you around campus. Hopefully we'll be back in the spring. Yes. Uh, fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> fingers and toes crossed. We'll see. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Paisley, for having me on. This was so much fun. And everybody be sure to tune in for more episodes. We have some more great uh, guests coming up. So thank you guys so much. And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, calm girls.